God bless you and welcome to Yesterday Ended, Healing the Traumas of Life. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thanks for joining me today. Can you remember what you had for lunch last Monday? I have absolutely no clue what I had last Monday for lunch. Can you remember one of your early childhood friends doing something that hurt you? Perhaps my comparison is lopsided. The importance of our lunch is truly insignificant compared to the wounding of our heart. But the point I want to make is our memories of the past can still linger years and decades later. How much importance do we place on those memories? Have we learned to forgive? Have we learned to live beyond any pain? Memories can be wonderful and they can be painful. In today's episode, I want to explore how to deal with painful memories. Give a listen. As I ponder memories of my youth, I remember a very embarrassing moment that I will not go into in detail because it's embarrassing even today. A child of five can do many silly and goofy things that may not be appropriate. And when brought to their attention, they can be embarrassed or hurt when they are taught how to properly behave. Unfortunately, there are also moments of our lives in our past that are more than just embarrassing or lightly hurtful. They're truly tragic moments that can haunt us if we don't know how to deal with painful memories. What day declares the thoughts of my heart? From the days of yore, I must depart. Now forever, to make a new start, the truth to me power imparts. From past memories, I am free now living with hope of what can be. Old things passed away, the decree. Yesterday's pain has nothing on me. What happened before is now bygone. To a new reality I am drawn. Mercy and grace bring a bright new dawn. This is the truth I will now dwell on. What day is it today? Is it indeed today? Or are we living in the past? yesterday. Some people talk about the good old days, but for some people, they didn't have very many of those, and some people didn't have any at all. But now is the day of salvation. If we will turn our hearts to the Lord and away from the pain of the past, we can receive wholeness and restoration. If I keep my thoughts centered on yesterday, I will have difficulty living today fully and forget anything about hope for tomorrow. As we turn away from our past, we can walk into newness of life. And we are promised newness of life in Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Newness of life. Our baptism into the death of Christ identifies us as being dead. The memories of that dead person should no longer have any effect. In Romans chapter 6, we learn that we are identified with the crucifixion, death, 
and burial of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We became one with him when we confessed him to be our Lord and asked him into our lives. On that day, our old nature and our old self was nailed to the cross, died with Christ, and was buried with him. The old man is dead. Hallelujah! In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it gives us more details concerning our identification with Christ. I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Our old life was nailed to the cross, and it died and was buried. May I suggest we leave it there? Even though there were bad old days, there are many good new days to come. We must develop the habit of living in the present and taking steps forward. I am reminded of a poem that I used last year, coincidentally, in the 32nd episode that is fitting to include in this year's 32nd episode. It is entitled, The Path. The enslaved embrace the past as their path. The free refute the path of their past. That path has passed, and a new way has emerged. That path is a past that his blood purges. That my past has passed, I sing no longer dirges. The path of my past with me no longer converges. I am free. So how often does your past converge with you in your thoughts? Are you enslaved and still embrace the past as your pathway? If we allow the painful memories of yesterday to continue, that's all we'll have. Yesterday is dead weight that we need to dump. When Jesus Christ was being crucified, he spoke a most challenging plea to the Father. Challenging not to the Father's ability to do it, but challenging for us to believe it and follow in his example, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. To the Romans that were crucifying him, all they thought they were doing was getting rid of an annoying political opponent to Caesar and the local governor, Pilate. There was one of the Romans that realized who he was, but for the most part, this was just another criminal they were getting rid of. They didn't realize they were crucifying the Lord of glory. Jesus chose to forgive the soldiers from attempting to murder him. They may have nailed his body to the cross, but he gave his life for our salvation, our full restoration and wholeness before the Father. How do we deal with the pain of betrayal? Can we deal with it as Jesus did? Or as in my earlier example, how do we deal with ourselves when we have done something embarrassing or wrong? Can we forgive ourselves? As long as we hold on to unforgiveness, it will hold on to us and stop us from moving forward. The fruit in our lives will not be as plentiful or rich. Consider this command given by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, 
forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. I gave you the example of Christ forgiving those who crucified him, and Ephesians says we are to forgive even as God has forgiven us. And this is written as a command. It's not optional. Being kind and tender-hearted and forgiving should be our lifestyle. Unfortunately, it is something that we can be tested on almost every day. I live in the Los Angeles area and must drive the freeways several times a week. There are a group of drivers who have fast and agile cars that have a tendency to enjoy that speed and agility by weaving in and out of other cars. From their point of view, they're just having fun. But the challenge from my point of view is they're putting themselves and myself in jeopardy. One false move and there's a large wreck. When one of these drivers zooms past me, I always utter wonderful, kind, and tender-hearted things about that driver. Not. I should be saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Well, maybe some of them do, but most people are just thinking about themselves and not worried about others. We, on the other hand, must be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, because God has forgiven us. When it comes to deep betrayal and hurt, we can sometimes come to the conclusion that these people do not deserve forgiveness. They deserve punishment, and we are ready, willing, and able to deliver that punishment. But that's not our job. The Father has placed all judgment upon Christ and has reconciled the world to himself. Jesus paid the price for all sin even for the knuckleheads who haven't yet accepted the invitation to be reconciled to the Father. But the price has been paid. We are in an age of grace until the church is taken up and the book of Revelation comes to pass, and then all will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. He will be the judge. That's not our job. We are given instruction how to live a life where we can be strengthened so that we will not be defeated. We find this in Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your mind. I taught on verse 1 in last week's episode, The Bumps Won't Make Me Stop. I got into a bit of detail on the weight and the sin that surrounds us and slows us down. Our past can be part of that. But consider verses 2 and 3. It says we are to look to Jesus. That word looking is like a telescope. It focuses on one particular thing and separates it from everything else. Our focus is on Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He was able to forgive the soldiers nailing him to the cross because he had the joy of knowing If they believed on him, 
they would be reconciled to the Father. He had the joy of knowing he was bringing salvation to the world. He didn't let the shame or consequences stop him. We are then commanded to consider him. Think about what Jesus went through and was able to still walk in love and forgive. As you consider his example and realize he dwells within you, you will have the strength so that you do not become weary and faint in your mind. If our minds are upon Jesus and his victory, we will no longer dwell on our past. From past memories I am free, now living with hope of what can be. Old things passed away, the decree, yesterday's pain has nothing on me. Jesus Christ has given us hope and is our hope. When we realize that God has placed us in Christ and rid us of our past, that truly old things have passed away and all things are become new, we will live in freedom from our painful memories. And it is a simple choice. And of course, my mind now runs to the reality that at times that it's anything but a simple choice. It is indeed a challenge to choose the truth. Our minds, instead of thinking the truth and walking in love, can come up with all sorts of reasons to continue thinking about our painful memories. How's that working for you? I recently prayed for a woman who had been betrayed by a number of people. She was in depression and could not stop thinking about that betrayal. But I prayed for her heart to be healed and then instructed her that she needed to forgive, that she needed to turn away from those painful thoughts and move forward. I ran into her a while later. She told me she had been able to speak to a couple of people that had hurt her, which in itself was a great beginning for her healing. Things were beginning to change for her because she decided to move forward and forgive. We cannot always speak to some people who have hurt us in our past. They have moved away, or some of them may even be dead. But that need not stop us from forgiving them. We have to let go of the pain and where it came from and look to Jesus and consider what he went through so we will be strengthened and be able to live beyond painful memories. Sometimes I get a pain in my hips from sitting too long while working on the computer or while driving long distances. One way to get rid of that pain is to get up and move around. As long as I stay seated, I stay in pain. And that's pretty much what we need to do when the pain of our past starts throbbing. We need to get up and move away from it. Not physically, of course, but mentally. We need to turn to Jesus and recognize his victory over everything. He was the Lamb of God that took away the sin of the world, the sin of those who have hurt us and our sin for holding on to the unforgiveness. If there is anyone that has hurt you, picture them in your mind with an IOU scrawled on a piece of paper next to them. Now, picture the blood of Jesus pouring over the IOU and dissolving it. To walk in forgiveness means no one has unpaid debts towards you. 
Jesus paid the price. We may not be able to reconcile with some people, and we may not be able to trust some people who have hurt us, but we are still required to forgive so we can live free from painful memories.